0: I'm Roger Bouchard, and I'm here every Friday. And um, it's a uh, three-segment program. One segment is uh, we chat with uh, Mr. Martin from Crossroads Real Estate Group. And he's got an interesting question this morning from one of our listeners. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to check in and make sure that he's online and we have a good connection. Are you there, Mr. Martin? I am Mr. Bouchard. Okay, we'll get to you in a half a second or so. We want to remind you the second portion of our program is paid for by the committee to elect uh, John Brien to be mayor of Woonsocket. And Mr. Brien will be speaking about um, for 15 minutes or so on his campaign. The signs are out there, and he's going door-to-door, so we'll find out what's going on with Mr. Brien. And when that segment is over, we'll have some open line conversation on any topic that you would like to uh, talk about. So stay right along with us. All right. Let's uh, go back to um, Robert Martin. Uh, in our, in our um, question here, Mr. Martin, it says, quote, I'm under contract to buy a house for $300,000. The asking price was two eighty, but there were several other offers, so I offered more than the asking price. And now... My bank has just appraised the house, and it appraised at two ninety, and that seller won't reduce the price. Uh, is he out of luck, or what's the story on on things like that? I guess it's happening pretty often these days, huh?
1: Yep, it's a very timely question, Raj. Um, there's, um, as we've been, you know, discussing, there's a shortage of, of properties, and uh, people are. It's not uncommon for people to to bid it at higher than the asking. But more and more we're seeing that the appraisers are um, are not coming in at the um, the selling price when someone is paying substantially over. Um, So basically what happens is there's a couple of things. If someone's putting a very large deposit down and I've got the buy side, I protect them by saying, that it's subject to the property appraising at or above the selling price. Because <clears throat> if you're paying three hundred for a property and you're putting $150,000 down and the appraises for two ninety, the bank's going to make the mortgage anyway because they feel safe enough based on the amount of the deposit. But then most buyers are going to say, I'm, I'm not happy paying more than the appraiser placed on on the property. But it's a two-edged sword. It's, you know, on one hand, an appraisal is, is what, an arm's length transaction and already willing and able buyer is willing to pay for a property. On the other hand, the appraisers rely on historical comparable sales. So in a market such as that we have and prices are coming up, um, appraiser will, will take properties that have sold within the last six months. Hopefully they're more closer to the property, uh, to that, you know, to the date. But if not, they're, they're pretty much bound by that and they can make some adjustments. That they, they won't tremendously escalate. So whether you, you have a property that's got five buyers that are willing to pay more or well, one, it usually doesn't make a difference. Not to say that all profits are not appraising. Um, the answer to this gentleman's question, yeah, the, the contract between buyer and seller is at a certain price. In this case, I think it was $300,000. Um, the seller is under absolutely no obligation to lower that price. So they can negotiate, and sometimes the seller will say, I'll meet you halfway. Sometimes the seller will will come down to the appraised value. But there are other times that he'll say, you, Mr. Buyer, just come up with the difference because a lender is lending on a percentage of their appraised value, not on a percentage of the selling price. If the selling price and the appraised value happen to be the same, which is what we all strive for, um, then it works. But when it appraises for less, and let's say these people are, a borrowing ninety uh, percent of the of the appraised value, they will be short, and the seller, if he says, "Well, then you come up with the difference in cash," sometimes people don't want, and other times they don't have it. So uh, it is something that we're very cognizant of. And in fact, when we have a listing, um, we inform the the you know our seller that the highest price may not always necessarily be the best. Price because it may not appraise for that value, and if it doesn't, you could lose a buyer. We'll lose six weeks, and we'll be back on the market. So um, it's it's not an environment that we really enjoy, but it's something we have to deal with. And um, uh, but this, like for instance, in this particular case, if this gentleman wants to come up with the difference in what the mortgage is not going to give him in the selling price, he certainly can buy the house. But the seller is never under an obligation to meet what the appraised
0: value is. Before you leave, I have um, a question for you. There was a story in Providence Business News, and here's the headline. Medium single-family home price $300,000 for the first time in Rhode Island. Now, I realize Rhode Island is a small geographic area. But does this headline have any relevance to the Woonsocket real estate market?
1: yeah it it does in in a global sense i mean what again I have to you know um state that a median price simply means that within this particular month um that half the house is sold above that amount and half the house is sold below that amount it is a it indicates a trend, but it doesn't necessarily mean that a house <coughs> Let's say last month it was two ninety, and then you know last year was two ninety and it's three hundred this year. It doesn't necessarily mean that all houses increase by ten thousand it, dollars. it It's basically the pooling of homes that sold within that thirty day period, half sold above that amount and half sold below. So if it happens to be, I don't want to say coincidental, but um if if a lot of high-end houses sold, It doesn't even mean that they're going to increase in value or they have. It's a trend. But let's say that um, hypothetically, a large subdivision of $250,000 homes came on the market and they, they sold a bunch of them. You could conceivably see the median price for that particular month come down because, again, it would be half up and half down. It's not the same to mean that homes have appreciated by that amount. So we have to be careful. When you're using median income, but it absolutely does, you don't know,
0: reflect the trend. Thank you, Bob. Always a pleasure chatting with you, and uh, you have a uh, cool weekend. Meaning, stay out okay, of the heat. Okay. You too. Bye. Bob Martin is um, owner broker of Crossroads Real Estate Group here in Woonsocket. You'll find them at uh, 329 Park Avenue, and uh, yes, you can talk to the man personally, as I have on. A few items over the years at 766-7545, extension 111, and you'll be talking to Bob Martin, and we hope you'll uh, make contact with him. Our program also being brought to you by K.R. Kosher, Certified Public Accountants. K.R. Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're K.R. Kosher. We're Certified Public Accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. Remember, having Kay or Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and a Moscato. And yes, it's still two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyards of California. Quality wine. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light. 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Clinton Street, Socket. Champs Liquors now offers in-store shopping. Come on in and browse around. You're welcomed. Social distancing observed at Champs Liquors. And remember, if you have a question, call us at 765-1800 and we'll cheerfully answer any question you have about beer, wine, and liquors. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Socket. There's a church nearby where members are kind and friendly. May we invite you to attend services at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Services are now available on Facebook or Skype on the Internet. Call 658-2748 for information on seeing us online. It's the church where you can hear the gospel, believe in Christ, repent, confess, and be baptized. Join us this week for our prayer and Bible study, Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday services at 1 p.m. Our sermons are are understandable to grow you in faith and available online. Again, we are the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, inviting you on your journey of salvation, with services now available on Facebook and Skype. Services conducted by Pastor Marcus Warren. Savini's Pomodoro Restaurant is open for inside and outside dining, too. And you can enjoy our famous and very popular Sicilian-style pizza, clam cakes and chowder, fish and chips, fried clam sandwiches, and our full Italian specialties, too. And you can always order takeout, taking reservations for indoor and outdoor service at 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro, Rathbun Street, Woonsocket, open Tuesday through Sunday. And yes, we always have family-style chicken. Well, it's going to be a busy weekend at Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. And uh, they'll be open for lunch today, inside or outside, take your pick. I'm a, I am know people love outside dining, but I'm a inside diner. I like that air conditioning in the summer, and I just um, prefer it. But it's your choice at Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Home of great family-style chicken, but they've got some wonderful Italian dishes, including my favorite, uh, that combination plate of eggplant and chicken parmesan. Very good. And knowing how to do French fries, not everybody does. But Savini's Pomodoro does. Enjoy a weekend of dining at Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar on Rathbun Street in Woonsocket. Now, before... We uh, get to uh, John Breen. I want to see if I can pose a trivia question to him. So Savini's, John. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar had two former uses on Rathbun Street. And uh, I would be satisfied if you could come up with one of the two former uses of that building on Rathbun Street that is now Savini's. Now, John is looking at me. With, um, with a look that says, I do not think I have the answer, but we'll see. Do you remember? I do not. You do not. Let me turn your microphone on. I do
2: not have an answer to that question.
0: I want to I wanna hear you say, I do not, so that we can record it so your yeah. opponent can use it. Yes. I do not. I do not. I do not All have right. an answer to that question. All right. So, I'm going to tell you. So, here's some socket trivia. Before it was Savini's, it was a... Rathbun Factory Outlet. Now, Rathbun Factory, have you ever heard of Rathbun Factory Outlet? Yes. Yes, it was on Clinton Street, but before it moved to Clinton Street, it was right there. And then, before it was Rathbun uh, Outlet, it was the SOI, Sons of Italy. You know, we have a lot of Italian uh, clubs in Winsocket still operating, we have um, up here uh, on, uh, on Diamond Hill Road. Uh, we have an Italian club, the Italian Workmen's Club. Then we had the Marco Giano Club uh, uh, off of Diamond Hill Road, and 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 that neighborhood of Woonsocket had a lot of uh, Italo Americans at one time, working in the mills and doing other things. And that was the Sons of Italy Hall. So it was originally built as a place for uh, Italian immigrants to uh, you know go and have a bar uh, bar drink and. Enjoy some Italian food. So there's a little socket trivia for Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bouchard. I bet you really enjoyed that, yes. right? Yes, I'm My sure you My day is did. complete. Thank you. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, we're back to uh, the Upfront program for this uh, Friday. And the uh, following time has been purchased by the Brian in for Mayor campaign. And what that means is that uh, each Friday we get together... As we move closer to Election Day in November and talk about the candidacy of John Breen. He is in studio with us and we're going to chat with him. Uh, first of all, um, welcome uh, back to our program. And, um, and of course, uh, last weekend we had the, uh, when you were here, the wake for your dad hadn't taken place. And nor did the massive Christian burial at Holy Family take place. But it is, um, it is done and you've, um, you've had your, your uh, week of uh, mourning and then some. So what happens? Uh, do, you, uh, do you resume uh, the campaign? And, and how do you make that decision before we talk about a few other things? Uh, it is, is it time to get back
2: on the trail? It is, and I have. Um, and I want to start out by thanking so many people, uh, your listeners, Roger. Um, I want to thank everybody for the words of encouragement and support. The cards, the bouquets, the, the unbelievable amount of edible arrangements. <laughs> uh, you know, I certainly have had my fruit intake. But I want to thank everyone who came to my father's wake and the funeral and who watched on, online. And um, I think it was a fitting tribute to a great man. And I'm very grateful for everyone who came out and supported or let me know that you know they were offering their condolences and support at a very difficult time. I decided to resume the campaign on Monday. We had an incredibly successful uh, sign event, and we got approximately 180 to 200 signs out on Monday, between Monday and Tuesday, including a number of four-by-fours around the city. So just as a quick, Aside, if you want to get a lawn sign, you can contact me, johnbrienformayor.com. You can also reach me at johnbrienformayor at gmail.com. Let me know you want a sign, and I will certainly make sure that, that you get one. I decided to get back on the campaign trail. On Monday, we had a private burial for my dad on Monday, and then Monday night I was back at it. My dad was so excited about this campaign and so Uh, as energized as he could be in the state that he was in and he would be disappointed in me if I was allowing this to slow me down so I get back on the campaign trail with a renewed sense of enthusiasm and motivation and feeling him with me each and every day and the response on, on the door to door basis is incredible of people offering their condolences and saying You know, how, how, what a a great, smart guy he was, and uh, how he'll be missed, and he's a huge loss. So it's time, and I'm doing it.
0: All right, let's uh, ask a question. Uh, It's come to uh, my attention that some people are being polled. You know, those telephone polls. Hello, I'm calling. Will you vote for candidate A or B? Sometimes those polls are objective, sometimes uh, those polls are. Filled with hidden uh, innuendo and messages. So have you heard about the polling going, going on? And are you the person paying for the polling? We'll start there.
2: So I am not the person paying for the polling, clearly, because of the type of poll it is. It is this is what's known as a push poll. And a push poll will push a certain narrative and then poll on that narrative. And, and it's really just a veiled attack ad. And uh, so obviously. And it's on me and i would not first of all if i was going to do a poll i would do a survey and a survey would be you know less likely more likely et cetera. one of those an actual information gathering this is this is an attack on me and um and and if you're not familiar with what it says and a lot of people are i got so many calls people can you believe that this is being said about you there's a question that says the mayor of Winsocket's job is extremely important. Uh, managing a hundred forty million dollar budget. Does it give you concern that John Brien couldn't manage his own finances uh, and had to declare bankruptcy? And I've gotten calls that says people have said that the survey that, that so the, the call
0: actually says that.
2: Yeah, call says that, and nice. then it says. And I've gotten calls that people say. They've told me that it's been said that I declared bankruptcy several times, which is false, that I've declared bankruptcy twice, which is false. And uh, I'm going to address this, Roger, because and I'm going to address it in a way the same way that I addressed it in 2016. This was raised by City Hall in 2016 and by the current mayor in 2016 as a way to try to keep me from getting elected. And I say it, it's from... City Hall and from the current mayor because there was an individual that offered a letter to the editor with certain tax information about me that would have been inaccessible to the average person, but but accessible from inside of City Hall. So I knew where it was coming from. And this is an attack on me about things that are old and things that have nothing to do with this election or my service to the community. So I'm going to read an excerpt from a letter to the editor that I wrote then which is still very much applicable now. And I want to speak directly to all the city voters and the residents regarding this recent poll. So
0: you're going to read a response
2: to something? This was a response that I wrote mm-hmm. to a letter to the editor making the same claim. That I, I was not qualified to be on the city council uh-huh. because of what had happened in my personal life.
0: And when did uh, this person write
2: that letter? In 2016. Okay. Okay. And, and
0: that's re- uh, Is it the same? response? It's the
2: same response. Oh, okay. and I'm going to read a portion of it right here. I've got it. it. Says to the editor. I often like to say that the rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield for a reason. Therefore, I am not going to offer a point by point rebuttal of the letter. I simply don't feel it's worth the time or the attention to dignify matters that have long since passed. I will offer, however, that I do not subscribe to the politics of personal destruction I find it distasteful, and frankly, it's no wonder that people are so sick and tired of this long political campaign season. I have tried my level best to run a positive campaign, sticking solely to the issues and the qualifications that I have to offer to the people of Woonsocket. I feel I have been successful in this regard, and I am proud of my campaign. Sylvester Stallone's epic character Rocky Balboa once said, You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Well, I've certainly taken my share of hits. Anyone who has been through the harrowing experience of divorce can certainly relate to the emotional, financial, and physical impact that it has on a person. Fortunately, I was able to get up off of the canvas and move forward. I remarried an amazing woman, Nicole, who is my best friend. We bought a home together. We have a wonderful family, and I am truly happy. Therefore, I feel as though I am winning, no matter the results of the upcoming election. In closing, I would like to thank the author, as he has succeeded in illustrating to the people of Woonsocket that I truly understand their struggles, because I, like they, have struggled, and we all continue ...to try to get to a better place. Signed, John Brian. So, that was my response then. And that's my response now. Now, am I surprised that this happened? Um, That that this campaign has gone this way by the current mayor? No. Kind of early for it, though, isn't it? Well, I'm not surprised. Mm -hmm. I predicted that it would happen the Mm -hmm. night I, I kicked off my campaign. I predicted it would happen on these airwaves, Roger. Um... But I will tell you this, uh, am I surprised? No. Am I disappointed? Yes. The fact that it happened less than 48 hours after the funeral of my dad, the fact that it happened the morning that we, we as a family buried him, that it's being put out in the field by a person who couldn't even take the time to send condolences in any way, shape, or form at all even in the least personal way of, of sending a text message. So, but I will tell you this. That's my response. I'm out there speaking every day to the people of this city. And I stand by my record as a city councilor for the past four years. And I will tell you this, that people are tired of the negative approach of being a dictator. And... The retribution that occurs if someone doesn't do exactly as, as she demands. And I can tell you that as the next mayor of the city of Woonsocket, the days of it's better to be feared than respected will be over. You know, Roger, pol- the political intimidation and retribution that's occurred in this city has to come to an end. And I know that because I walk and I've been walking door to door in this city. And you hear the stories of the people who, uh, all their properties were cited because they put up the wrong sign. Their organization was stripped of funding because they, so they put up the wrong sign. That children who happen to be working for the city in one form or another, their jobs have been threatened. People have been followed home. Calls have been made to employers. These are all real stories. There's many of them, and I'm sure that there's many that have been heard by your listeners and experienced by your listeners. And there's a fear out there. Well, John, I'd love to put up a sign, but, you know, I can't because I I don't want anything to happen. And my question to your listeners, Roger, and even to you, is why should an employer be afraid of its own employee? If we're in the city and we're afraid of retribution by the person we've elected to lead the community then something has got to change. I have been on this radio program for many weeks now, and I try every week to say to you, Roger, and and your listeners, what would I do differently if I was mayor? And I could tell you this. What would I do differently? I would unite and I would heal this city. I would use me being elected mayor as an opportunity to bring people together. You know, for too long, this city has been us or them, Hatfields and McCoys. You're with me or you're against me. And I have had enough, and it's why I'm running for mayor. I would look to people who didn't support me as an opportunity to say, let's talk and let me help you to realize that you can support me. And let me work to earn your support and to earn your trust so that we can all work together for the city of Woonsocket and on behalf of the city of Woonsocket. I want to make this point clear and I felt this way all along. I'm not running against anyone right now as far as I'm concerned. Rather I am running for mayor. I'm going out every day and speaking to people and having a proper job interview and asking people to have faith in me to be able to, to lead this city And to utilize the concepts of leadership, vision and integrity to fix what is broken in the city of Woonsocket, to fix a broken city hall, a city hall where its workers are afraid to be seen speaking to the wrong people who fear retribution for saying or doing the wrong things. That is not the hallmark of a productive, successful city. And we can and will do better. I know that for a fact. There's so much work to be done. There are storefronts to fill, Roger. There's rebranding of this city that needs to be done. And I'm going to do it. But I'm going to do it in a positive way, not with negativity. This type of, 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 of negative politics of personal destruction and campaigning has never been seen before in this city. And I've been a student of politics in Woonsocket for a long time. But never have we experienced the type of negativity that this current mayor brings to a campaign. I am just running because I'm trying to let people know I have an education, I have life experience, and I am able to bring that and utilize that in service of the city and of the people that live here to get to a better place. When you can't talk about yourself and the things you've done, but rather you need to try to destroy other people. I think that says something about you and your character, and that's not who I am. You know, I pledge to you that I'm an I am a qualified and honest person in this community, someone who's been a leader, someone who's been a volunteer. Uh, you know, Roger, we do a lot of great things in the Rotary Club. You're the president of that club. That's the type of service that this city needs and deserves. And uh, I am ready to be the next mayor and i'm ready to fight uh, to be the next mayor and i will do that each and every day but i'm going to do it in a way that doesn't seek to destroy someone else but instead seeks to show that i'm the better candidate for the job and that i will bring Winsocket into a new era and that i can change the way that people think about this city uh, the way that people look at this city from the outside the stigma that the city of Woonsocket has. But we can't change that if we have a toxic city hall and a toxic environment in which the politics of personal destruction and intimidation and, uh, and, and, and retribution continue to, 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 to live on. And so, uh, what would I do differently? All of that. That would all be gone, I can assure you. And we will have a much more positive, forward-thinking, forward-looking Uh, city hall and that's there's not a lot of I've learned in politics Roger that you don't want to make campaign promises you don't want to say well I'll cut your taxes by 23% like those are the kinds of campaign pledges that, that get you in trouble but I can't promise you this what's going on for the past seven years in this city will be over that's for sure
0: So, are you going door-to-door today? Is today another campaign day?
2: Today is another campaign day. I will be uh, going door-to-door, and it's been, it's cooler yesterday than it was over the last several, several, several days. Uh, And so, you know, I had to take a week off. It was incredibly hot before that week, and it was incredibly hot. At the beginning of the week. But it doesn't matter. As long as there's not a monsoon out there. And I might even have to walk in the rain if I start running out of time. But as, as I say to people every day, they say, wow, you! I can't believe you're doing this. You have a lot to do. You have, you know, the city's so big. Two points I want to make, Roger. One, the list is long and time is short. So I will continue to be doing this right up until the day before the election. And two... I never realized how easy it was to run for a state representative or a state senatorial seat because you only have to go in a few of the precincts, not all of the precincts.
0: Well, all I can say is you're staying slim and trim. It must be working, at least in that respect,
2: right? Well, I wish my <laughs> wife thought so, but that's a different story. I won't Thank get you into for that. joining us. Thank you, Mr. Bouchon. Thanks to the listeners, and thank you for all your support. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Preceding
0: time. Purchased by the Brian for mayor committee. And that was John Brian talking about his campaign. And now, before we get back to open line conversation, anything you want to talk about today? We've got some time to do it. But before we do it, we want to check in with Grumpy's as uh, one example. Inside dining, outside dining are your favorite pickup order to go from Grumpy's Restaurant Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu and a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood to our Italian dishes and our tasty pizzas. One of the best menus in the area. Hungry tonight or today? Come on in today and enjoy the friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup order or place a reservation to dine in at 508 8830101 Grumpy's. One night Pulaski Boulevard, Bellingham, Massachusetts. Grubhub delivery also available. Yeah, Grumpy's uh, will be open. Uh, they usually open uh, during the week at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Not today. Friday's open at uh, about uh, quarter or 12, quarter or 12. And, of course, they have that nice luncheon menu that you can enjoy, including a nice small fried clam plate. You know, sometimes when you order uh, uh, something like fried clams, and a big order comes your way that two or three or four initial clams, boy, are they good. And then then they, they <laughs> <you> lose it. <laughs> you know, the, there's just too many of them there. Um, and you don't know what to do with it. They're really tough to reheat. So you uh, stuff yourself by eating more than you should. Anyway, the luncheon plate of fried clams at Grumpy's is just enough. And uh, it's not the usual uh, 20, 25 dollars. no, no. I think it's 1199. It's uh, Grumpy's Pulaski Boulevard South Millingham open today for lunch. Well, here's a question for you from Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you. Not the insurance company, Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island, and will work for you to initiate a claim.
1: You can call Vern Rainville today at four eight four three hundred eighty four ninety five for a free no obligation
0: in home consultation. All calls are returned in less than twenty four hours. You can't beat that, and of course um. When we had that uh, quote-unquote tropical storm, hurricane, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, it was small but big. (laughs) And what I mean by that is uh, like the tree service companies, they're still working on removing debris. I know we had something uh, down in our yard, and it took like a a week and a half before they were able to uh, clear it away. And so there was a lot of damage done in the area. And Vern Rainville, well, he's the guy that uh, will help uh, take care of that um, that insurance adjustment because uh, you know sometimes the insurance companies don't want to give you what you really deserve in terms of of uh, restoring your house. Now you pay a full insurance premium to uh, to get that coverage, and why would you want only eighty eight percent of the job uh, covered in terms of your insurance settlement? There's where Vern Rainville can make up the difference. He's done it for a whole bunch of people, and we've already talked to a, a group of satisfied, um, shall we say, clients. Vern Rainville. He's an insurance adjuster, and he knows his business. And the reason he knows his business is because before he did this business, he was in a home building construction for a whole bunch of years. So he knows everything from the foundation to the basement to um, structuring, uh, you know, framing a house, the route He knows it. He knows it. And he uh, knows how to talk to those insurance adjusters, Vern Rainville. One more commercial, and then we'll um, get to the next segment of the upfront program. Over to River Falls restaurant yesterday, I said to AJ, the owner, who incidentally uh, is breaking his rear end <laughs> to try to put out a quality restaurant here in one socket i mean he's um, made so many different improvements there but uh, how's the lobster fest going this summer at river falls aj great people love it and you know you you can get lobster and macaroni but the thing that really is selling the most is uh just an old-fashioned lobster uh lobster bake you know where they give you the lo- one-and-a-half-pound lobster, and then all the things surrounding it. And um, I think it's twenty two ninety five. dollars I don't have the menu in front of me. Hey, if you love lobster, your lobster headquarters here in northern Rhode Island in southeastern Massachusetts says River Falls. And you can enjoy, you know, while you're having your lobster. I know lobster doesn't come from the Blackstone. But while you're having your lobster, you can enjoy kind of a... Uh, A seafood atmosphere with the Blackstone River rolling by. River Falls Restaurant at Market Square. And we are open six days a week and will be open all weekend long. Best thing to do, though, is to call for a reservation so that uh, you won't be disappointed and we can sit you in in the right seat. And uh, for most of the weekend, it's going to be good for outside dining.
3: You're listening to WNRI's
0: Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right. So, thank you, Bob Martin, for uh, your uh, answering the uh, real estate question and uh, also uh, a news question uh, that uh, was out there. He's always ready to do that. Mr. Brian, giving us an update on his campaign, including... Signage uh, out in the city. That's all part of the campaign, door to door, the signs, and then um, sometimes the political rhetoric that goes along with a campaign. And so now we move to segment number three of the program on Friday, and that's when we have um, uh, open line conversation. So if you would like to participate in the program and comment on something you've seen in the news, Heard of the news, or maybe you want to make some news, call us at 766-1380-769-0600. It is a radio talk show. Calls are encouraged. They are not an interruption. And, uh, as a matter of fact, we will interrupt our narratives uh, to take a call. That's how important they are. It's a talk radio station, and calls are encouraged. Uh, This is Jeff Gamash. He joins us uh, here in the studio. Let's make sure your mic's up. It is. Good morning to you. Good morning. Two things, if I may.
3: Uh, One, a story of a Smithfield woman. Uh, And just a reminder that... During the coronavirus, many people have taken to some outdoor activities, whether it's biking or hiking or whatever it is you're doing outside, maybe sailing, that there are certain uh, dangers that uh, can occur. This is the story of a Smithfield woman who was rescued from the Appalachian Trail uh, this week when she had a 40-foot fall in a rather steep section of the trail. This was in Maine. And their Department of Fisheries and Wildlife report, Emma Sonberg, 25, suffered some serious injuries during the fall. But this is the, the important piece of the story and a reminder to folks who may be stepping out and may be doing some amateur hiking. is uh, She was able to activate an emergency locator beacon, something this young lady wisely carried with her in order to call for help. Now, I don't mean to shock any of you, but I don't do as much outdoor hiking as some of you might think, uh, so I'm not deeply familiar with an emergency locator beacon and how it works and so forth. But it sounds like something if you are heading out for any sort of hiking adventure or rock climbing or whatever it might be, uh, this device was crucial for this young lady you should check into it, too. It's called an emergency locator beacon. That's how she was able to call for help. Uh, she was uh, brought to the hospital. where she's, uh, she's receiving treatment for her injuries. And i uh, fortunate that she did have that device with her, Roger.
0: The Appalachian Trail is on the, uh, uh, the to-do list for a lot of people who enjoy the outdoors uh, life. And it is a 2,160-mile trail that starts in Maine... And makes its way through uh, New England and into New York State and then down into Jersey and Pennsylvania. And guess where it ends up? It ends up in the Appalachian Mountains. um, And I think it ends in uh, West Virginia. I'm not uh, quite sure, but I was just talking to somebody who did it, who did the trail. And uh, it was a lifelong uh, thing. Takes months to do. Extreme planning. Extremely dangerous in some areas. And some uh, right, on the, uh, right on the open market. Uh, all you have to do is just, as um, um, a matter of fact, some of it's actually on a highway. You can actually uh, walk the Appalachian Trail. And it's, um, it's, it's an. You, you, I don't know if it's US 1, but, but I do know that the Appalachian Trail has uh, uh, some easy parts to it and some challenging parts to it. And I'm glad that um, she uh, made her way along the way. And I think those beacons um, are part of the uh, set up by uh, the U.S. Um, what do you call it? Uh, Forest Service or something uh, to help uh, tr- um, uh, hikers who sometimes can get messed up in the woods, especially up in New Hampshire and in Virginia and West Virginia. Anyway, Appalachian Trail, interesting thing. Um, can I uh, slip in one quick thing before the sure. callers? I've been talking with Russ Olivo
3: over this past hour while you had your other guests on. And we received a call this morning asking us about anything we ha- may have heard about shots fired in the Golan Avenue area of one socket. And I can tell you, Russ Olivo... Uh, is on the story, and he will have a story on it in tomorrow's paper. A few things that I can share with you is apparently uh, shots were fired in the area of Golan Avenue last night. Uh, Russ is uh, stating here to me that there were multiple eyewitnesses, r- reports of injury, but yet no arrest and no confirmed hospitalization. Uh, he goes on to state that in his communications with Woonsocket Police... Uh, that uh, there may have been multiple weapons uh, as different caliber shell casings were recovered. Uh, They're not stating anything else at this point. We'll wait and see what Russ Olivo has in tomorrow's edition of the Woonsocket Call regarding this story unfolding in Woonsocket of shots fired in the area of Golan Avenue. So you don't want to miss tomorrow morning's Woonsocket Call.
0: And we do have a caller who uh, has checked in uh, with us, so uh, we'll press the magic button and see what they have on their mind.
3: Good morning, caller. Thanks for your time. You're on the Upfront program. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. How are you? I think I'm all right, but the wife won't tell me for sure, and I'm not allowed to make those calls on my own, you understand?
4: Hey, if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. (laughs) That's right, buddy. Well, top of the Friday to
3: you, what's on your mind? Nice
4: to hear from John Brian a great man, and a good legacy from his father. Uh, he's gonna take out where And actually, uh, Jeff, his father was actually the mayor of that city for the last 50 years, whether people realize it or not. He helped more people in that city. And uh, I've heard some stories that uh, were really remarkable. So if his son takes over in his footprints, uh, that's a big shoe to fill. No what question. I call for, Jeff.
3: Yes, sir, sir. Sorry, go right ahead.
4: What I called for was uh, the governor made some uh, comments uh, about student transportation on Wednesday at her 1 o'clock, uh, 11 o'clock uh, uh, talk. And she mentioned something about uh, the National Guard in regards to uh, school busing. I was kind of preoccupied with something else while I was listening. Did you happen to hear that speech and uh, hear comments on the National Guard in regard to transportation?
3: Well, Carl, I'm going to have to, to defer uh, to Roger.
4: Busing.
3: Roger was uh, glued to that press conference um, during the uh, the virus and the education. We've split the duties. Roger's got Rhode Island. I'm covering Massachusetts. Um, so I'll, I'll defer to uh, uh, the host of the program, Roger Bouchard.
0: So there was a yes. question um, or this uh, that came up during the question and answer segment of the news conference it wasn 't a statement that she made uh, as part of her regular uh, her regular talking so did a reporter and in this case Jim Hummel uh, ask a question about whether the National guard could be used and uh, could is the working word, and she said, "Yeah, could be used, uh, but um, uh, and they would be um, they would be coordinators. They wouldn't be bus drivers. They would uh, um, they would do uh, some of the paperwork in terms of making sure that the buses, because there's only a limited number of buses available. Uh, there are three kinds of buses. There's the ripta buses owned by the state. There's the buses school buses owned by the two Companies that service the state of Rhode Island for school bus transportation, and then there's a whole bunch of vans out there uh, that could do uh, smaller runs, and so all this is going to be coordinated because a bus uh, will be used um, twice as much, three times as much in one day, than it did uh, in a normal school year because you're running uh, instead of um, instead of 31 kids, you're running 12 kids in a school bus to school and then uh, doing a pickup and another 14 later you're doing a lot more busing and so the National Guard was mentioned uh, as a coordinating body
4: that's interesting Yeah, I've been a bus driver for for 27 years and uh, I'm still driving Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, I feel that uh, uh, that's a monumental task what they're doing there with uh, transportation
0: yeah, I picture a national guardsman. I picture a national guardsman at a bus stop with a you know uh, with a with a pad board, um, you know, making sure the kids get on the bus. But I don't see them driving the bus based on the comments I've read. And,
4: and with a uniform on, I would I would imagine, or would it be in plain clothes?
0: I don't know how uh, how they're. They're being deployed. Um, I have not seen. A I can't government. imagine any any sort
3: of paramilitary operation, whether it be police, national guard, or anybody anybody working in an official capacity not wearing the uniform that they represent. I, I can't see it being done in civilian clothes. There you go. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. This is the Upfront Program on WNRi, and we thank him for his phone call. I was looking at my notes, and those are the best. Uh, recollections I can make based on uh, what I heard the governor say on Wednesday. She'll have another news conference this coming Wednesday. It's more than what I had on the subject, Roger, so (laughs) well done. All right. (laughs) Hey, if you uh, want to uh, put in a comment, uh, we're running out of time here, but we do have time to uh, throw in another comment. Uh, Put in another comment on any topic whatsoever. Your calls and comments are welcome. On Monday, Dick Bouchard will be doing uh, the program and uh, I will be away. And uh, on Tuesday, Jeff will be doing the program. Uh, all right, go ahead. Well, it's just an uh, interesting
3: uh, piece th- to take a look at. We know the vice president for Biden has been chosen uh, if elected, uh, Kam- Kamala Harris. Uh, we know Governor Ramondo was uh, in the running, so to speak. And there's a New York Times piece that's interesting uh, reporting that Governor Gina Ramondo was deeply... Uh, Maybe further than we may have thought in consideration for the vice presidential pick. Uh, According to the Times, uh, Vice President Biden's search team uh, used the words like she's a standout candidate. And she left the team and I quote dazzled. Uh, The report said Gina Raimondo passed the uh, oh, passed overdue to her limited national profile and adverser, ad, adversarial relationships with influential labor unions. So those were the two marks that worked against Gina Raimondo. Again, not a warm, fuzzy relationship with the labor unions, obviously due to some of the pension issues she faced as treasurer and governor and a limited national profile. But as far as the guts and abilities, apparently they were deeply
0: impressed.
3: Anybody asked the uh, governor about that at the press conference Wednesday?
0: Yes, they did, and uh, that was a very quick uh, answer from uh, the governor, and she acknowledged that she was there, but she said uh, these news conferences are meant for the purpose of uh, giving information on the opening of schools and things like that. So uh, she uh, did not Uh, say much about it, but uh, she at least, be only because she was asked a question Mm -hmm. about it. uh, So she did say yes and um, this is not what I'm here for. She did also endorse uh, Senator Senator Harris.
3: Uh, I'd say the photo of her at the interview, probably one of the best photos I've seen of Gina Raimondo. She looks fabulous at that interview. Fell short, but we'll wait to see if she does represent Rhode Island. If Vice President Biden becomes president, and if she holds a cabinet position.
0: And we'll close out with a commercial. The Roast House is open seven days a week and our hours are 1130 a.m. to 9 p.m. And we're featuring outside dining and inside dining and, of course, takeout. To make a reservation to dine or to place an order at the Roast House, call 508-883-7700 and check our menu on the internet for theroasthouse.com. Thank you for your support during this period of transition. The Roast House, Farm Street, Blackstone. We welcome back Old and new customers for inside and outside dining. And we want to remind you the Roast House is open for lunch today. So if um, you enjoy um, a good sandwich or a good burger or or whatever, fish and chips, you'll find it at the Roast House. But, hey, don't worry if you can't make it today. You can go tomorrow or Sunday for that matter. And uh, may I recommend the... um, The mussels at the Roast House, we have them three styles. We have them traditional style, and then we have them Portuguese style, and we have mussels fra diablo. And that means uh, spicy style. Mussels always on the menu, kind of a regular. Not too many places uh, serve it um, in the first place, but only one place. The Roast House serves mussels three different ways. You'll enjoy your seafood, a great seafood menu, too, at the Roast House in Blackstone, Massachusetts. And if you're in the Pawtucket area, Roosevelt Avenue in Pawtucket, uh, near McCoy Stadium. Hey, that's it for the program. We'll see you on Monday with Dick Bouchard, with Jeff on Tuesday. And right now, take care. Have a nice weekend.
2: This has been WNRI's Upfront. Presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Up front is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket. Socket.